The artist Giorgio Morandi once said, "It takes me weeks to make up my mind which groups of bottles will go well with a particular tablecloth. Then it takes me weeks of thinking about the bottles themselves. And yet, often I still go wrong. Perhaps I work too fast." This week on Pep Talks, we'll be talking about the advantages of working slow. You are listening to Pep Talks for Artists, a podcast offering small words of encouragement to all those shuffling along the artist road. I'm your host, Amy Toledo. Maybe you're in the stage of making a work that I like to call the murky middle, and you're frustrated by how long things are taking. Well, don't despair. History shows us that many artists took their own sweet time to finish a work. Artists like Jay DeFeo, who worked on a single monochrome and heavily textured nine by seven foot painting called The Rose for eight years from 1958 to 1966 in her San Francisco apartment on Fillmore Street only calling it finished when she got evicted from her place. Or take the watercolor artist Charles Birchfield. He would make these reconstructions, or piece together composites, of multiple works made as far apart as 25 years. Michelangelo was a bit of a slowpoke too. It took him four years to paint the Sistine Chapel, and those years were fraught. He had a huge crisis of confidence midway through the project. He even drew a picture of himself in a fright mask with crazy hair in his journal next to this entry. Quote, The thoughts that arise in my mind are false and strange. Now you know my state. Defend my dead painting, since I'm not in a good position or a painter. End quote. In spite of all that, he found his nerve again and powered through to finish. Even Cy Twombly took 22 years to finish his painting Say Goodbye Callus to the Shores of Asia Minor. And finally, I want to talk about Agnes Pelton and her silver baby. I would like to see the baby. Agnes Pelton was a painter who was born in Germany but grew up in the U.S. and ultimately settled in the California desert in a small town called Cathedral City in 1932. She was a member of the Transcendental Painting Group whose mission was, quote, to carry painting beyond the appearance of the physical world through new concepts of space, color, light, and design to imaginative realms 
that are idealistic and spiritual, end quote. Agnes's paintings were abstract, yet depicted a sort of surrealist celestial realm full of strange, luminous cloud forms and vessels hovering and glowing in ambiguous skies, each about 30 by 28 inches or 75 by 71 centimeters. When she arrived in Cathedral City in 1932, she wrote, quote, The vibration of this light, the spaciousness of these skies, enthralled me. I knew there was a spirit in nature, as in everything else, but here in the desert it was an especially bright spirit, end quote. Agnes made exquisite paintings of the desert landscape for public view, but in secret, she made her radical abstractions. She thought of this private experimental work as her silver baby a small shining being that needed to be nurtured and protected at all costs. In 1937, Agnes Pelton started a new painting called Alchemy, and it started giving her trouble. Like any child, silver babies don't like to be rushed and occasionally will throw a tantrum, especially the risky ones. Agnes worried how to finish it after two years of working on it fruitlessly. Her solution was to turn to a painting she had made before in 1933 called Mother of Silence that she believed contained the spirit of her deceased mother. In the book Agnes Pelton, Desert Transcendentalist, published by the Phoenix Art Museum, some of her journal entries from this time talk about what she was thinking. Quote, this evening, the mother looked on with warmth while I studied alchemy and found much to be done. She directed, work on it once a week or so without haste, but do not let it lapse. The mother helped me finish the old willow painting when it seemed too much for me and asking her how to proceed with alchemy, whether by invocation, prayer, or fasting as an approach, she conveyed, by receptive silence before it, it will come through you when you are in receptive silence. Agnes wrote of a dream or vision she had had. Quote, I remembered the automatic writing I made for my mother, in which I held a silver baby and asked her to help me keep it alive. And when she read it, she said, I will, I will. But what if your work is floundering and you're feeling defeat? and you don't happen to have a haunted painting of Agnes Pelton's mom lying around to give you advice. Well, here's a few things that have worked for me. Turn it around, or look at it in the dim light of evening. Bring it into your living room and have it watch TV with you. 
Start a procrastination painting or something else that's small and low pressure. Dilly-dally. Take a walk. Draw an extinct animal in your sketchbook. Revisit your work a week or a month from now with fresh eyes. And if it's still a goner, accept the pain of loss and move on. Sometimes in my own studio, I feel like an ER surgeon when I'm trying to finish a work. I fix gaping wounds only to notice other smaller scrapes and lacerations pop up. Soon, I'm down to only a few small bruises, and I'm suturing up and ripping off my bloodied gloves and scrubs. But like the ER doctors, we're going to lose a few patients, no matter how good we are. It's sadly a hazard of the job. Still, regardless whether each individual work succeeds, the most important thing to remember is to protect your silver baby. The silver baby is your voice, your bravery, your weirdness, your vision, the center of your truest being. It's like a seed that is capable of producing the flowering plant of your work. In the spirit of Cathedral City, let's take a look at the brittle bush, a wild and frenzied collection of sunny yellow flowers that grows in the Palm Springs desert. I like to think Agnes must have seen them and admired them in her day-to-day -day because they appear in one of her landscape paintings called Fall Flowering. The brittle bush's flower stems are fragile and easily broken, but its leaves grow a furry layer that forms an insulated blanket to protect the plant from temperature extremes in the desert, both hot and cold. These little leaf blankets protect the main body of the plant even if the blooms are susceptible to harm. Similarly, one artwork's failure can't hurt your core, your gleaming silver baby at the heart of everything, if you are nurturing and protecting it by staying true to your weird, iconic vision. And next time you think one of your works is taking too long, remember speed can be overrated. Let's leave space for thinking and goofing off and daydreaming. Let's let ourselves be tortoises, working without haste and sitting in receptive silence. Agnes Pelton's mother said we could. You've been listening to Pep Talks for Artists. If you'd like to check out our Instagram, please find us at Pep Talks for Artists. We really appreciate you stopping by. And we'll see you next time. Special thanks to Frank Bango at Sincerity Incorporated for his help making this episode. Good night. Thank you.